0: Just a friendly reminder that if you wish to support the ministries of this podcast or of the local church in which I serve, you may send any donations to 563 East Main Street in Philadelphia, Mississippi, 39350, care of Henry's Chapel UMC. So this week, I was thinking about the past. I was thinking about growing up and some of my favorite games growing up. And I started to realize that a lot of children's games, whether it be The Quiet Game or Simon Says or Follow the Leader, a lot of children's games, and kudos to parents out there, are directed towards obedience. They're focused on how can we get our child to be more obedient, to listen to us, to learn to sit and be quiet, to learn to follow instructions, to learn to do as they're told. And as I started thinking about that, I began to think about how growing up, my spirituality was very closely related to a lot of these children's games that I played. I started off, and, and my faith was like a giant game of Jesus says. I found myself: Jesus says do this. Jesus doesn't say do that. Jesus said do that. Jesus didn't say that you could talk to that person. Jesus says that oh, don't go, don't go there because Jesus didn't say. A- and I found myself trying to to follow and do things that the church had told me that, quote unquote, Jesus said. And then whenever I would do those things that that Jesus didn't say or that the church said that Jesus didn't say, I, I found myself doing the same thing that happens in Simon Says when you do something that Simon didn't say. I was out. I was out of the realm of Church, I was I was viewed as the outcast, I was not welcomed because I'd done something that quote unquote Jesus didn't say. That idea of we don't do that here, that's not acceptable here. And then I would growing up go to summer camp or VBS and I and I found myself saying, Okay, well I want to be back I want to get back in the game. A lot of times I would get pushed out of the game because I didn't do what quote unquote Jesus said and I was fine with it. But then something would happen to those mountaintop experiences and I wanted to get back in the game. But there was something that happened playing this game of Jesus says that I noticed and it was that whenever I was doing well with the game, whenever I was following the rules, whenever I was doing what. That what I was told to do and abiding by the rules, that I found myself becoming more and more judgmental of those that weren't doing well, of those that weren't wanting to, quote-unquote, play the game. Which, looking back, seems very counterproductive that while I was winning, quote-unquote, in the game, I found myself growing more meaner and more judgmental of others and as i've talked to people i've begun to realize that for many people that have left the church and many people that have never gone into the church this is one of the reasons is because they didn't want to play the game they weren't, they weren't good or consistent at following what some institution told them they were told, supposed to do. You have to do this and not do that. And so they took themselves out of the game because they said it wasn't fun. They said that it wasn't what they were called. They didn't align with what they thought the rules should be. They didn't want to play a game. And, and I've started to realize that Jesus isn't about the rules. About following and abiding by the quote unquote rules, but he's about relationship. Jesus calls us into relationship, and he's, I mean, so often you hear throughout scripture, he speaks of the father and the child, or the vine and the branches, or the shepherd and the sheep. These are all labels of relationship. When Jesus speaks in parables of these, what he is saying is, I long to be in relationship with you. And one of the problems that developed with this Jesus says mentality, there are many problems that can develop out of it, but one of the problems that I've seen that develops in our society more so than just in individuals is that the quote-unquote rules that we are supposed to be following, they become misconstrued. It's a lot like that, that, that game growing up that we played, the telephone game where I would say something to my neighbor and my neighbor would then say something to say the same, be supposed to say the same thing to the person next to them and so on and so on down the chain. And it goes from something along the lines of, I really like pizza. And then at the end, all of a sudden, the person at the end of the line is saying zebras smell funny. And you're wondering, how did that happen? But this is how the quote unquote rules of the church have become so misconstrued. As they have been shared and translated and interpreted by different people, and some, and sometimes um, not always, but sometimes people with different agendas, they find the, the what we see is that the the rules, the way in which the scripture is interpreted, and how and how people use those interpretations to say this is what who's in and this is who is out. These rules we have constructed as humans often become manipulated and skewed instead of what if just for a minute if when trying instead of trying to translate manipulate or interpret the words of Jesus we decided that instead of instead of trying to follow the rules we were just going to follow the leader as a kid though I, I must admit I loved playing follow the leader well That's not true. I love playing follow the leader, but only if I was the leader. And I think this is so often how we are in our faith as well. We claim to follow Jesus Christ, but what we've ultimately done is we have created our own list of rules and regulations, of guidelines that we can follow. We find ourselves looking at scripture and going, I like that one, I don't like that one. Jesus didn't really mean that. Jesus meant this. And what we do is we create a list of rules and regulations that we can follow. And our life is no longer about following Jesus, but it is about following the rules that we as humans have put into place. And not even the entirety of the rules through Scripture, but just the parts that we like, that we're comfortable with, those things that we can follow, those things that kind of cater to who we are as individuals. And so we're no longer following Jesus, but we are following our own wants and desires ultimately. And this thought process, this approach to our faith, brings us to exactly what we hear if you were to come and hang out at a church daycare for too long, those kids crying and screaming and throwing temper tantrums, screaming out, but I want to lead the line. And what we see in our churches and what we see in our faith is people walking around screaming, I want to lead the line. But Jesus says, isn't this idea of... Or isn't the right approach? Because so often, when we play Jesus says as the church, what we are ultimately saying is we say. And Jesus doesn't call us to simply follow some set of yes and no guidelines. He calls us into a relationship and to follow Jesus. As we hear these words from Matthew chapter 9, verses 9 through 13, let us think about the games that we play as kids. Because as Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew. And now, Ma- mind you, Matthew's writing this. This is in Gospel of Matthew. So he's talking about himself. He's telling a story that he encountered. But he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the a tax collector booth. He said, follow me. And Matthew, surprisingly... Didn't ask any questions, it says. He just got up and he followed him. And while Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they asked the disciples, Why does your teacher do that? Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? And on hearing this, Jesus said, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. And he says, go and learn. This is the phrase he wants them to learn what it means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinner. And this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So here we are with Matthew, the tax collector. And now, if you're not aware, uh, the tax collector is the most hated person in the area, and the reason is is because they are a Roman official they are they are governed by Rome and but Rome says you can collect as much as you want. You must collect the taxes, but you can collect above and beyond as much as you want, so long as I get mine is what Rome says so tax collectors are notorious for over-collecting and, po- and padding their own pockets. And so they become the most hated people in society. And this is who Jesus comes to. And he says, follow me. I mean, to show how bad tax collectors are, in verse 10, it literally says, that many tax collectors and sinners, and, and and like sinners don't even want to be associated with Jesus, with with the, with the tax collectors. They're like, all right, I mean, like, yeah, we're sinners, but they're tax collectors, and that's even worse. Tax collectors are viewed as the worst of the worst, and Jesus comes to this Matthew and he says, "Follow me." And now I can imagine. And the reason I can imagine is because I've had these conversations before when it comes to the idea of church and people coming in that are viewed as unkempt or unworthy. And I can imagine the conversations that are happening with those that are following Jesus. that They're not happy. They don't want him in the group. They don't want to be associated with that person. Oh, we can't, wait, if he's in, I'm out, basically. I don't want to be associated with him. But but it's so crazy because Jesus comes and he says, follow me. And and the crazier part is that Matthew does it. Now, this invitation in Jesus' day, because Jesus was a rabbi, is not just an invitation, hey, let's go hang out. Let's, let's walk together. Let's talk together. It's an, but it's an invitation into the group. It's an invitation into community. It's that invitation that says, if you identify with me, if you identify as one of my students, then I will identify with you and I will claim you into mine. And Jesus is inviting Matthew into community. Community. And Matthew, I'm sure as a sinner and as a tax collector, is going, oh, I need this in my life. Somebody wants to hang out with me. Thank you, God. Not realizing as he says, thank you, God. He is literally looking at God and saying, thank you. But notice what Jesus doesn't say when he says, follow me. He doesn't do the thing that we as Christians and the church so often have a tendency to do where we say, if you're willing to blank, then you can join us. Then you can follow us. Then you can be a part of us. If you're willing to dress this way, think this way, vote this way, act this way, do this, Follow these rules. Then you can follow me. But instead what he says is, as you are, come and follow me. Which tells us one thing, that to be a sinner, it does not withdraw you from the ability to follow Jesus. As a matter of fact, it's almost as though it's a prerequisite to follow Jesus because we are all sinners and fall short of the glory of God. And Jesus looks and says, follow me, period. So, what would our lives look like if we weren't so focused on following the rules, quote unquote, that we have put into place, or even asking the question and worrying about the question of, am I living into what the society tells me as a Christian? But if we were just focused on Jesus and following Him, what would our lives look like? How would they change? In verse 10, we see that they go to Matthew's house and his friends come over. And of course, because of what Matthew does for a living, his friends are just more tax collectors and sinners. And I, believe, and I can imagine that those in the in crowd, those, those, those religious elite, if you will, the, those church goers, those, those people that have created the rules are starting to get mad and upset and frustrated because this is against their rules. We don't do that here. But Jesus is not worried about their rules and their regulations. Jesus is worried about relationship. He what you see over and over throughout the scriptures is that Jesus is comfortable with those that are not that society deems as unacceptable. And that those people are also comfortable with him. Because he isn't worried about the rules and about what society says, but he's worried about the person and relationship. So they follow him. But the religious elite begin to question. Wait, 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 wait. This isn't, this isn't right. The, the quote-unquote law, the rules don't say that we can do this. They say actually that not to do this. And so they start saying, why is your teacher doing this? We're not supposed to, to interact with those people. And, and, and verse 12, I, I just have to chuckle. Because imagine that, jesus is hanging out with you he's in your house he's a guest and you overhear him looking and, and uh, as this questioning is going on jesus says it's not the healthy who need a doctor but the sick and you're sitting there going wait a minute did this man just call me sick but notice that we don't hear about matthew fighting back about this i mean i i i chuckle about it because it's, i mean i can imagine what my reaction would be but he knew he was sick He knew that what he was doing was wrong. And we know we're sick. We're sinners. We aren't following Jesus. Heck, if we were just talking about following the rules, for many of us, we're not even willing to follow the rules that we've put into place. And if we're honest, we've broken God's law as well. We're sick. And then he he doubles down with these religious elite that are supposed to know the scriptures and he quotes to them from the book of Hosea and says, uh, learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I've not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. Jesus, is, Jesus came not to be only with those that believe the right things or even behave in the right ways, because those... Those that are trying to follow the rules are missing the point. Jesus came and calls us to follow the leader, and to lead those who don't to the leader. To go, he, I mean, we we look at some of his last words, and he says, "Go forth and make disciples. Go forth and make followers of who." Not of you, not of your rules and your regulations, but of Jesus. We've been called. We've been given an opportunity to partner with God. The church wants us so often, the big C church, the universal church, wants you to believe right and behave right. And eventually, but if we do this, we eventually become the Pharisees. Those that are sitting on the outside judgmental claiming that if you change, you can join us. But Jesus comes in and shifts it all on its head and says, join us and you will change. See, the problem is, is for many people, we put up rules, regulations, guidelines, and barriers that say you must do this and then you get in. And what Jesus is saying is come in and then you will see what you need to do because you will follow me. And it's my desire that as a church, we become a church of invitation, inviting others into relationship with Jesus and with us, inviting others to follow Jesus, and and that we would be willing to do the same, that we would put our faith, our hope, and our trust In following wherever it is that Jesus Christ leads us, that we would go without fear wherever it is that He is calling us to go as a church and as individuals, and that we would invite others on that journey with us. I came across this quote on Facebook this week about invitation that says, Don't just invite people to your church, but invite them to lunch, to your home, into your heart. Tell them you love them. You'll always be there for them. You are the church. It's saying invite them into relationship. Invite them to follow Jesus. Invite them into relationship that they may know God and they may pursue after him and that you may do it together, that you do not worry about your own rules, regulations, and guidelines, but you just keep that and say, let us all point our glance towards Jesus Christ, that we may seek after him and that we may follow his lead. And that my rules can go away so long as we are all seeking to follow, honor, and serve our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. And Jesus does not desire a doctor, desires mercy, not sacrifice. He's not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. So how are we engaging in that calling, saying, come and follow Jesus? Amen and amen.